welcome. It's been a while. This is Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. I'm Michael T.Y.P. Cole, and with me this week is the lovely, the sexy Jonathan Metz. Hello! Uh, finally back from his big adventure we're not going to talk about, because we're not allowed to talk about it anymore. Uh, that's right. Um, that that event is gone. I don't even remember what it's called anymore. <laughs> right. But uh, but this is Radio Trivia. we got some good games tonight, and... Uh, and um, uh, let's just get started. Let's not fool around. That's a fun song. Now, Mike, you, you know more about music theory than I do, but would you say that was syncopated? The uh, the beat, the way it was going, it sounded like it... The... Yeah, there were, a lot of, there were a lot of syncopated notes. Yeah, there were a lot of notes on the half beat. Yeah. Sure. Okay. It's just, there was something about the um, the rhythm, the, you know, like the... Doo, 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 like the polka... Um, oh, that's, that wasn't syncopated. It was, it was the... Uh, the melody, I know, it was, it was syncopated. The melody, that was the beat. Yeah. Right? Is that the way it the works? The polka thing in the back. No, the polka thing in the back was the beat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Actually, it's been so long since I've done any music theory that that I'm probably screwing things up yeah. too now at this point. Okay. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be the expert. I like throwing around big words when I don't really know what they mean. <laughs> and that's what makes you a good person. Yep. It's my scientific speciality.
Or syncopation, mayhaps. Oh, that was like a slamming hip-hop beat. <laughs> the bass line All was right. awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, and so is this game, which is a hint. But um, here's a question for you. Okay. Uh, which boss battle consists of the enemies usually considered good guys in fairy tale lore? That question may not make much sense until you hear the answer. Okay. Okay, Johnny, any ideas? Um, that music was all over the place. I, I mean, it sounds like something on the NES or, or Game Boy or Game Boy Color. Probably Game Boy Color more than Game Boy. Um, I don't know. I mean, something about the second song made me think of Wario, but mm -hmm. it seems like We've, you've probably played all the Wario Land games at some point on the show, so I don't know. I'll go with, say, let's go with Super Mario Land 2 colon Wario Land. I'm going to still give that to you, even though Super Mario Land 2 is not subtitled Wario Land. This is Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. Oh, Super Mario Land was Super, That's right. Wario Land was Super Mario Su Land 3. So. Super Mario Land 3 was Wario Land. Okay, so yeah. I actually guessed two games at once without meaning to. I'm sorry. No, I, I knew which one you meant. Okay, um, so cool. I kind of honed in on it then. But now yeah. Wario was the villain in, exactly. in this game, right? Okay. Which, and uh, yeah, Kazumi Totaka did the music for the game and I I guess he did the music for Wireland series too although no no maybe I'm confusing myself but he definitely did like Yoshi's story and Link's Awakening and a lot of other yeah I mean there, there were sounding. some distinct Nintendo themes yeah. about that music for sure yeah but uh, it, it's a, it's a fun game it was it came out in that period of time when uh, I didn't have a Game Boy because I'd lost mine but I had, you know, I bought my Game Boy Color was the next game, game Boy I had. So uh, like, I would always play it when I was in the, whatever, on a carpool or, or on a car trip and someone else had a Game Boy and they had the game. I'd always be all over this game. Because um, it's unlike the first Mario Land, it feels like a real Mario game. It's a pretty and shocking it, improvement over the first Super Mario Land. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, I mean, it's based on, like, Super Mario World in terms of its overall presentation, and it does a pretty good job, yeah. quite frankly. It's very clean graphics. I mean, it looks good without... I mean, like, people say, like, Donkey Kong Land has good graphics, but it's, like, kind of muddy because there's that pre-rendering shit, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Are you talking about the the black and white Game Boy yes. versions? Of, yes. Oh god. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch those. <laughs> I mean, so, from what I heard, even the uh, even the GBA ports of the Donkey Kong Country games weren't that great. Um, yeah, they were okay. I definitely wouldn't want to play the Game Boy ones. Yeah, I had a Game Boy Color port, which was like some bastardized something between uh, the Donkey Kong Land game and Donkey Kong Country. It was like. 80% Donkey Kong Country, but they kind of had to, to fake it a little here and there for a Game Boy Color. <laughs> yeah, but um, I can't believe they released that series on three Game Boy platforms in a row. Have they? Well, that's I guess good. they did. Yeah, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and uh, Game, Game Boy, Boy Advance. Advance. Yeah, that's that's terrible. But uh, and it's on Virtual Land too. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. But um, the weird thing about Mario Land 2 is that, like, when you think about it, it's it's the only game I'd call, like, an honest Mario game that was unique to uh, to Nintendo's portables until, like, New Super Mario Brothers, if you think about uh, it. I'll agree with that, yeah. Because, like, Super Mario Land wasn't really... I mean, it was sort of a Mario game, wasn't really. I kind of like, put it, had... it in there with Super Mario Brothers USA, you know, or yeah. as we know it, Super Mario Brothers 2, where... I think Mario Land was conceived as a Mario game to begin with. It wasn't like Doki Doki Panic, where they basically like retrofitted Mario characters onto a different right. game. But you can tell the people who made it either didn't know much about the Mario series, which I find hard to believe, or they intentionally set out to do something that was completely different and really like didn't even try to recreate the console experience. Whereas with Mario yeah. Land 2, you can tell that they actually tried to make like a true faithful Mario sequel, and yet everything about it is totally original. I mean, like, is, isn't that the one where Mario gets all the cool powers, like he can get the space helmet and stuff like that? Yeah, it's like a space helmet, he's like this carrot gives him like the bunny, bunny oh, ears, yeah. which kind yeah. of allow him to float down, kind of like the, I don't know why they didn't just use like the raccoon or the uh, cape, but... They decided to use a different power-up. I, I don't know why. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Nintendo doesn't like using the same power-up twice to let Mario fly or float. I don't know why. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of stupid when you think about it. That's a good point. I think I think Mario Land 2 was, along with uh, Metroid 2, was one of the games that really blew me away and actually made me want a Game Boy. Because I remember when Game Boy first came out, I had a couple friends who had them, and, you know, they had stuff like Mario Land and Tetris, and they didn't interest me very much. They didn't impress me very much. And then once those uh, those two sequels came out, I was like, whoa, this thing is actually, like, a lot more powerful than I thought, and it can have real full game experiences on it and not kind of yeah. reduce shrunken, crappy versions of other things. Agreed. So, um, okay, so the question was, uh, what, uh, uh, the weird question was what enemies, like in boss battles, were actually kind of good guys and, and common folklore. And, um, I don't know if you remember any of the, uh, bosses in the game. No. But there was this, one of the worlds has, like, the three little pigs as, <laughs> as the bosses, and I, I don't know why, but... That sounds like something Kirby, a Kirby game would have. I... I can't justify it, but that was one of the boss battles, the Three Little Pigs. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. But, nice. uh, one, one interesting thing about the music was I know I was listening to the soundtrack, uh, you know, choosing songs for the game, and um, and I just realized that one of the, I guess it's like the underground pipe theme or something, is a weird combination of the, the pipe underground theme from uh, Mario Land 1 and the main theme from Mario Land 2, and I thought it was really neat. 
mixture. I so it was kind of weird that they threw that in there, I thought. Hmm. But nice. Just an observation. Um, so let's uh, let's go on to the next game here, which, uh, which Johnny picked, actually. Oh, okay.
the beast just keeps on kicking. Hell's yeah. This is uh, some of <clears throat> this is some of my favorite old school classic game music. Excellent. Well, I'd ask you to read the question. You probably don't have it handy now, do I you? I don't. You're going to have to read it for yeah. me. Sorry. All right, then. What significant new character ability was added to the series with this game? Oh, yes. starting this show off with a bang. We are. Well, this whole show is going to be fun, I think. Yeah. So, uh, all right. That was that. That was the third song, yeah. So that was the third song. The game and, is. and you know what it is already. So, yes, this is Mega Man 3. 3! <laughs> not 4, not 2, yeah, not I, 1. If you, if you didn't even consider Mega Man as an answer to this game... This must be uh, your first time playing Radio Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mega Man music is very distinctive and because of those things we talked about like that really driving bass line the uh distinct like keyboard synthesizer type sounds you know from the 80s um well they literally were from the 80s but it, you know it's very much in this style of the times and yeah um, and I, like I just vibrato, there's sort of like a pseudo vibrato in like some of the lead songs like a third one oh yeah very mega man like with the instruments oh yeah yeah I mean, it's just, it, it has that mark, and uh, and that's part of what makes it great. And yet, you know, they none of the, I never feel like the songs in, in the later Mega Man games are, like, ripping off the ones from earlier. I feel like they're new compositions in that same style. And, and uh, actually, the, the reason I chose this song for the, for the show today is that uh, I wanted to get people excited for Mega Man 9, uh, which is, of course, coming to Beware and the, the other downloadable services uh, sometime this year. Exactly. It sounds like it's not going to be until at least late September, um, just based on the uh, Xbox Live Arcade schedule that Microsoft But, um, yeah, Mega Man 9, I mean, we, we saw it at E3, and, uh, yes, as you, as you might have, as you might know, listening to this, uh, it's basically a direct follow-up to the NES Mega Man games. It looks, and it plays, and it sounds exactly like an NES game, even though it's brand new, and um, the music, I didn't, I wish I had some of it that I could listen to for reference, but just hearing the music at the show, 
um, I remember just kind of bobbing my head and thinking, yeah, this sounds like Mega Man music, and yet I'm almost positive that it wasn't like reused from the previous game, I think it's new music, but it just sounds like NES Mega Man music, which is awesome, and so yeah, you get I a taste of well what enough. that's like. I couldn't hear it well enough to get a judgment for like if it's, you know, it's good quality or whatever, but I don't know. I, 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 I can't imagine it being worse quality. I don't know. You know, I'm excited this is coming out, but I, the sad truth is I'm probably not going to buy it because it, it's. I've always found Mega Man to be a bit harder than it should be, yeah. and uh, this this release is just sort of it's there to be difficult. I mean, it, they're developing it with all the Mega Man players in mind that have already played all the other Mega Man games. Pretty much. And, uh, well, like I told people to... on uh, on the, the latest episode of RFN. Um, which is our the other podcast, <laughs> as you yes, might know. Yes, everyone knows, yes. Um, but uh, you can always go pick up a Mega Man Anniversary Collection to train yourself and get ready for Mega Man 9 if you're concerned about it being too hard. And you could probably pick up the Anniversary Collection for, I would guess, 10 bucks at, at your local game store or, or online. And um, it has Mega Man 1 through 8. And six of those are NES games, and uh, it has some other crap, too, that shouldn't care about, but um, the only problem is the GameCube version has, like, kind of messed up controls because you jump with, with A, yeah, the, it, it's bad. The, so, the controls are inspired by uh, the controls for Metroid and Metroid Prime, I think. Yeah, or they reverse which makes no because... sense. <laughs> yeah, you, you shoot with the big A button on the GameCube controller and you jump with B, so the, the orientation of jump and shoot is reversed from the way it was on the NES pad. And, um, so, yeah, I unless you feel like rewiring your controllers, if you have a PlayStation 2, I've heard that the PS2 version of the Anniversary Collection does not have that problem, so you may want to seek that one out instead. But um, either way, it's still, it's still good on the GameCube, but there is that one caveat that you have to get used to. But, uh, yeah, Mega Man 9, I'm excited about it. I just kind of wanted to play some Mega Man music to set the mood, get everybody hyped up. Because it's some of the best music on the NES, for sure. So I'm curious to see how, how big it'll be on Wii, because I remember hearing about them having to recode in the Mega Man Anniversary Collection, like all of the games, because they lost the source code or something, something stupid like that. And for some god-awful reason, they, they didn't want to use an emulator. So uh, I'm curious to see what the engine is, and, and therefore how big how big it is on Wii, because I was hearing like 100 megabytes for each game or something. There's some number thrown out there when, when Mega Man Anniversary Collection was, was released. Yeah, that's because of the uh, the uh, digitized music that they put in, because in, in the, uh, especially, well, in both versions, they had like re-remixed music that was like CD quality music. Um, in the PS2 version, you can actually play the games while the music over the gameplay and in the GameCube version I think you can only listen to it in the sound player and you get the really? original music while you play the games but I don't, I don't know what the deal was with that but um, I don't expect Mega Man 9 to be like a huge file I don't I, I think it'll be bigger than an NES game than an NES ROM you know yeah. because um, it, it's either going to include its own emulator or it's not emulated at all it's running on some new engine that basically acts like an NES. But uh, either way, I mean, it'll be bigger than an NES ROM that you might download from Virtual Console, but I don't think it's going to be huge. I must correct you in that. I, it's 
my understanding that every ROM actually comes with its own emulator for Virtual Console, which is one reason why it's a little bigger than it should be. Hmm. Uh, and I guess the idea there is that you don't have to worry about uh, tweaking the emulator, breaking an earlier game, if, if each game has its own version of the emulator. I guess. I mean, it, it's Virtual Console is just one of those things that Nintendo controls so tightly that, like, I hear all these things about how it works, but they're all kind of hearsay, or they're, you know, people hack into it and they get little clues about, well, we think it works this way, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't read up on it to get all the technical details. I don't really care. You just want to play. I just want to play the and, games, and they're not And it's a shame there's nothing to play. <laughs> All right, so uh, what is it about the, the demo for E3, as well as uh, this game that, that's worth mentioning, based on the question? Oh, sliding. Yes. Yeah. The, the question was about sliding. Uh, Mega Man 3 was the debut of sliding. And um, I think sliding, unlike the, the Mega Buster, which was just the charge shot that was introduced in Mega Man 4, sliding was never really all that controversial. I mean, I, I don't think anybody ever complained about sliding game basically makes Mega Man more mobile and a little it gives you some some new uh, combat strategies that you can take advantage of like sliding under enemies when they jump at you um, and it, it opens up a little bit more platforming there's some things about sliding under spikes and getting through little narrow passageways and stuff but uh, I think the most interesting part is you know in combat especially in boss battles how you use the slide um, whereas the charge shot the Mega Buster is a lot of people think it kind of breaks the game or it slows down the pace too much. I mean, it's optional. You don't have to use it if you don't want to. But anyway, um, yeah, it's the slide it looks like it's going to be an upgrade in Mega Man and not uh, an innate ability that you have from the beginning. In Mega Man 3, yeah. you just have it from the start. But um, I don't know. It remains to be seen. We're not sure exactly how that stuff's going to work. Anymore. Well, there was an item that, as far as I could tell, you could only get using the slide. Uh, right. One of the levels well, I mean, there could be so. one of the boss weapons has like a grappling hook or something. That you, yeah. You know, it's possible there's an alternate method, but it definitely looked like a place you could slide through. So. But then Capcom wasn't talking about that stuff. So. You don't know for sure. Yep. So uh, let's go on to the third game now, which uh, was uh, selected by a listener. Ooh. I, I don't know what this is.
That um, sounded like demented Christmas music. I could have sworn I heard some um, some of the Nutcracker Suite by Tchaikovsky in there, <laughs> especially at the beginning, and then it kind of got creepier as it went on. I did not hear that, but okay. Listen to it again. I swear I heard some I heard some Nutcracker music there near the beginning, or at least a, a tease of it. I don't know, or something like it. Okay, so with an evil grin, we'll go on to the second song. Yes. Perhaps this question shall help you then. Okay. In this game, your lecherous little buddy is what type of creature? Lecherous little buddy? Yep. Thank you. 
Okay then. I was wondering if you'd gotten up to go make a sandwich. <laughs> there that was enough on, time. That went on for quite a while. <laughs> well, it builds up, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right, so have you figured out the game yet? No, I mean, it's it sounds quite familiar, um, and it's pretty, but I, I don't know. I can't place it. You've shamed me. Uh-huh. You've shamed me. I'll, I'll let you know what it is. Okay. Otani! Oh, ah, nice. that makes sense. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, Okami is. Um, I'm glad you played that. Actually, that's really cool. I played it on PS2, so I didn't even really consider it, you know, uh, for this game. But I, you know, it's on Wii now, so I guess it's totally eligible. Yep. Um, I, I kind of uh, waited on purpose until someone requested it because I, I wanted to play it, but I figured someone was going to ask for it anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, you played you played my PS2 copy, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. Okay, yeah. So I'm glad you've played it. I mean, I, everyone should play Okami. It's a it's a beautiful game graphically and musically, and uh, you know, if you like Zelda, then you should you will love Okami. You know, it's it's like an unpredictable Zelda, basically. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's I think I like it more than than uh, Twilight Princess just because it's so unpredictable. I mean, I really had no idea when I was playing through it. How far in I was. I mean, I couldn't tell. I thought it was almost done when I was only like a third of the way through, and then I thought yeah, it was almost. Yeah, the structure done. is so unconventional that um, it really keeps you guessing at, yeah, as to what's going to happen and how much is left and what's going on. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, inevitably, there there are comparisons with Twilight Princess. They're really quite different games, in my opinion. Um, so. I mean, check them both out. I don't know which one is a better game. I know I like Okami more because it's more unique. But um, seriously, I mean, if you haven't played Okami, play it. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you'll like it. I, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so uh, the name of your little little buddy, who's who's kind of lecherous, is uh, is oh, Isun. Oh. And uh, and he's yeah. a. You, well, do you remember what what? that guy's called what kind of creature he is what kind of creature he is no yeah. I mean I remember I get I could say more about him but I guess it would be a spoiler because it happens you learn more about him but it's very late in the game right um, so but he, he's he's a ponkle I don't really think that gives much away that's the name oh, of the okay. I mean he's, he's not the only one of his kind although I don't know maybe that's a little bit of a spoiler I, I don't think it really is um it, uh, the game is just, I don't know, I, I really liked it. I'm really glad I got a chance to play it. It's actually still pretty expensive to use on PS2 if you can find it. I, I've looked at a couple different EB games. I saw it one. It was, they're asking for like 32 bucks for used. Oh, it's it's worth that though. I mean, like, I, I think it's probably priced more like uh, an RPG. You know, usually these long games with a lot of replay value tend to cost more in the secondary market. Um, and that's gone for Final Fantasy or Foundry. I got and, uh, I got Dragon Quest Eight new for twenty bucks. That's just oh, shameful. That's surprising, but that's the standard know. going price for it now. Apparently, just, yeah, no one's buying yeah. it in the U.S. It's they're just trying to get rid of stock. Yeah, I guess. Just shows that uh, the mass market doesn't necessarily have good taste. <laughs> anyway, Okami is worth full price if you have to pay full price. Don't feel bad because uh, it's an amazing game. And um, I, I, I've heard at this point, most of what I've heard is basically that the Wii version is just as good as the PS2 version. There's some slight differences, but um, 
there's not necessarily one that's superior to the others, so you should feel fine getting either one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both played the uh, the uh, PS2 version, so we can't mm-hmm. really. But you guys have discussed it plenty of times in our offense, so. Right. Yeah, John Lindemann and, uh, and Greg Lee both have it. Love it. So. Get the game. Buy Get it. Get the game. Either way, either version, you should play Okami. It's awesome. And thank you to uh, Don. whoever requested Don. this. His name was Don, and excellent choice. I could not figure out what he was saying there. I, I all I could understand was "you're so funk," oh. which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Makes more sense than I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but I can't justify it. That's the song. <laughs> that was song one. Yes. Yes, I was. That no, could, I wasn't. That could, 
that could be like a DDR song. Yeah, I think people are going to be very surprised by this game. I really do. Um, but maybe maybe the question will help them get on the right track. What is the star? Sorry, what is the star-shaped collectible in this game called? This mic is hot. It's <laughs> a hot mic. Man, um, that that was awesome music. I'm a I'm a huge fan of the Fock, and um, that was pretty damn funky. I think people are first of all going to be surprised to find out that uh, this is a GBA game. Yeah, which, uh, it doesn't sound like a GBA game, and not only that, it's probably a game that no one remembers exists. Uh, for those of you who thought like the uh, Grand Theft Auto DS game was like a huge, unprecedented uh, announcement, uh, well, it isn't. Uh, this is uh, Grand Theft Auto Advance. That's right. And uh, it's, I guess, in the style of Grand Theft Auto One and Two, which was like the Silverhead. Correct. Game that. And GTA London, which was um, sort of like a, it was sort of like GTA Vice City. You know, it wasn't a numbered GTA, but uh, you know, it was like One and Two also. So okay. there were there were multiple GTA games before they went 3D with number three, um, but uh, yeah, I honestly have never played this game, had never heard the music when I suggested it for the show, and the reason I brought it up was because I had been thinking about Chinatown Wars, which is the DS game that was announced at E3, and um, I was curious as to what the music in this game sounded like because, as we all know, I mean the GTA series is now associated with licensed music. Um, you know, you can you have all these different radio stations you can listen to when you're in a vehicle, and um, 
I knew that they probably couldn't do that on the GBA, so they had to come up with something original. I, I wanted to hear what it sounded like, and I'm very impressed. Yeah, in fact, you know, like I'm not a big fan of licensed music in games unless it's like a music game, frankly, because I can kind of see it for something like a football game or, or you know, a sports game, but for something like Grand Theft Auto, it's like, you know, the, the stuff I'm interested in listening to is like the, you know, unique content, the, the whatever, the funny commercials and the, and right. the you know, fake uh, talk shows and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I don't know, I maybe I'm the, in the minority. I think but. I tolerate it very well in. Um grand theft auto series because you have so many choices you know if you don't like yeah. what's on the radio you can flip to another channel and in any in any given time you're probably going to find a station with some music that's that you like and if you can't then you can flip over to a talk radio you know yeah and listen to that for a while and i love the talk radio stuff but sometimes you want to hear music and um i'm playing gta 4 right now and um the soundtrack is not my favorite my favorite was actually vice city uh, which is funny because I always thought I hated 80s music, and I and I think I was like a lot of people um, in finding that the Vice City soundtrack was so well collected and so well edited that they really took pretty much the best music from the 80s. I mean, they whittled down that entire decade into like 50 songs that are amazing, and um, I like almost everything on that soundtrack. And it, I mean, it's funny because I just always considered the 80s to be a terrible decade for music. And maybe they were overall, but they picked out the cream of the crop for that game. And San Andreas had a few stations that I liked, but it was sort of all over the place. You know, it didn't have that unifying theme. And GTA 4 is sort of the same. There's like a little too much hip-hop for my taste and a little too much electronica. Um, and there's just not as much diversity. Like, there's not a country station like there was in San Andreas. Um, there's a jazz station, though, which is really cool. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I think it's interesting that, you know, they had this uh, original music in GTA Advance, and it'll be very interesting to see what they do in the DS game, because I kind of doubt they can put enough licensed music on there to make it not annoying. So I, I wonder if they're going to go back to the uh, original music concept. Yeah, they could, they could do a mix, I imagine, you know. Yeah. They could probably do that. And too. Uh, talk show radio probably compresses pretty well, so they could probably do a lot of that too. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, as, as people uh, who make podcasts know, you can, uh, well, not necessarily this one because you have so much music, but for RFN, we can encode that in like 96 kilobytes, kilobits per second, and it still sounds fine. Um, you just don't right. need that much audio quality in uh, speech for it to sound the same. So. Yeah, I don't know. It'll it'll be really interesting. We still don't know much about the DS game, but um, the GBA game, as you said, is kind of lost to the fog of history. Like, not that many people bought it or played it, and um, I didn't, don't even remember reading very much about it when it came out. It sort of flew under the radar. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was really an audience for it on the GBA, frankly. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if there's an audience for it on the DS, but, <laughs> but I'm glad they're doing it. Um, I'll, I mean, I'm not even convinced this is going to be a 3D game. Everyone's probably thinking, oh, great 3D game. But this may be an overhead game like like the 1 and 2 in the, in the GBA game with touchscreen controls. I think it controls. may be overhead 3D like, say, Phantom Hourglass or yeah, okay. Final Fantasy IV, which I'm playing now. Um, so I think it may be kind of the same perspective as the original GTA games, but in nice DS 3D graphics. Um, I, I'm just guessing. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. Well, a lot of people but, probably didn't play one or two or, or any of the overhead games. I mean, 
the GT right. series really took off at three. So uh, I wonder if a lot of people are going to buy it and be kind of disoriented or, or confused by the overhead perspective, if there is one. I don't know. I mean, I think the, um, the original GTA 1 and 2 are pretty easy to find, pretty cheap on, like, PlayStation 1. If you have a PS2 or a PS3 and you can play PS1 games... Um, and, uh, if not, then, you know, if you want to try that kind of gameplay, just go for, try to find advanced because, uh, it's very similar to the first couple games. And, um, I don't know. I seem to recall that some, some people complained about the text on the screen as being kind of too small to read and it overlaid the gameplay. Like, because you only have one screen, and it's not that big. They had to display all this text over the screen while you're trying to drive around yeah. and play the game, and it was distracting. So at least, even if they go with a 2D top-down, same basic um, design for the DS game, at least now they have two screens and they can avoid that problem. Sure. So uh, we didn't answer the question here, and uh, I guess the question is, applies to multiple Grand Theft Auto games, and that's uh, mm-hmm. what's the star-shaped collectible called? And, it's and a police also, what is it? And what does it do? It's a police bribe, and uh, it takes money out of your account, and it uh, erases your stars. I think in most of the games, it only works for up to, like, say, four stars. These are, like, the wanted stars that that um, indicate how much the police are pissed off at you at the moment. Right. And um, I think if you have four or less, a police bribe will get rid of all of them. And uh, if you have more than four, I think you can't use a police bribe you have to if you have five or six stars you actually have to outrun it and and survive it the old-fashioned way um because i you know that's just like you're in such bad trouble that you can't buy your way out of it but yeah they're police bribes and they're actually really rare even i'm not even sure if they're in four i haven't even seen one yet but i remember in in san andreas which was the last game before four um there were like maybe five in the whole game and that's a huge game. So, I mean, they're really rare. If you ever find one, you kind of want to memorize where it is so you can get back to it if you ever get in trouble. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I've never played a Grand Theft Auto game. I, I must uh, you confess. should. It's an interesting experience. I mean, they're uh, not for everyone, but they obviously they're for a lot of people. But, yeah, I mean, I've um, watched people play it. It's a very interesting experience to, to I, play it. I don't know if I want to play it, to be honest. <laughs> um it, in so many ways, it's wrong, and uh, just watching it makes my driving worse, so I can't imagine what playing would do with my driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, All right, well, that was Grand Theft Auto Advance, and mm-hmm. uh, we only have one more game here, so let's make it count. All right.
Happy Go Skippy time. Yeah, that was a nice change of pace from the previous game. <laughs> sounded like boss music. Probably was. So there's a hint. This game has bosses. That narrows it down a lot. Alright, so this game is also known by what unofficial title thanks to video game pirates? Ah, I mean, um, thanks to video game pirates. (laughs) There we go. Interesting. Beginning and ending this uh, this radio trivia with uh, kicking eight bit music with lots of bass. Yeah, and I think this sounds more like a Konami game. It actually reminds me a lot of their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Um, yeah, that, that, that song definitely did. Yeah, that song did especially. The other one's not as much, but I I feel like I've played this, but I'm not sure what it is. So I'm gonna throw out a Yes. Let's see a Konami game. Didn't Konami make uh, the original Double Dragon? I don't, I don't think know. so. I, they probably didn't, but that—that's my guess because I don't know. 
Well, this this is this whole trivia has been about Johnny, to be honest. This is a Bio oh. Miracle Bokute Upa. Oh, ouch! I played that game a week ago. That's uh, <laughs> that's really shameful. Yeah, and I do I think didn't... that was a Konami game, isn't it? It is a Konami game, yeah. So I got that part right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't think that much of the music while I played it, but um, it's okay, you know. Yeah. It's very, very much in the style of 8-bit Konami stuff, obviously. But, uh, man, you really you really put me to shame there with that. <laughs> and, and the funniest part is that I, I chose that before I knew you were hosting or before I listened to the podcast where you, where you talked about it last week. Yeah. Um, so it was just sort of bizarre that right after I chose the song to be on the list, you uh, I listened and I heard, like, oh, yeah, you actually got that. I, I probably chose it because you mentioned the game during E3 or something. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that you had actually purchased the game off of Wendy's console. Oh yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think the game came up in conversation, which is probably why I chose it. Right. Um, and uh, so, for those who's familiar with it, it's it's kind of your standard platformer. Um, it was import only title. It was released on Virtual Console uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, it features a a baby. You described it as being a little bit like Bubble Bobble, or the uh, game. Yes, the, the the attack mechanic is similar to Bubble Bobble in that you shake or rattle at enemies, and they um, are encased in a bubble. And from there, you can either push into the side of the bubble and uh, push it away as a projectile, or you can jump on the top of it and use it as a floating platform. Um, so, and that's it. Otherwise, no, it's not much like Bubble Bobble, but in the sense that you encase enemies in bubbles and use those bubbles to get to pl- higher places or, or as projectiles, then yes, it is like Bubble Bobble. But otherwise, the game plays more like a Mario game. Would you say um, this is closer to a Mylon Secret Castle sequel than the My- Mylon Secret Castle sequel? No, it's it doesn't feel at all, at all like Mylon Secret Castle. Okay. That's a good thing, probably. Um... Mylon Secret no, Castle, I... you're shooting bubbles, but you never encase an enemy in a bubble. Oh, okay. Yes, that makes the bubbles even more nonsensical. <laughs> Alright, well, um, this game features a baby, and piraters who were, you know, commercial piraters that would sell the hundred games in one type thing at the mall. Uh, I guess they called this baby, Mario Baby, was, was a common really? title for it. I mean, yeah. it, it makes sense because it is similar to a Mario game. It's not as good, but um, I mean, you know, the, the, the gameplay design is all there. But uh, how did you find this out? I mean, do you own do you own a copy of it from some mall? No, it's it's on it's on uh, Wikipedia. I saw it in various sources. Interesting. Um, so yeah, apparently it's called Mario Baby. When, when the pirates got their hands on it, that's what they called it. And uh, apparently I mean, there, there it, may actually be actual cartridges too for the. For NES, that uh, that say for, it too. I'm not sure. For NES. Yeah, there may be not... actual pirated cartridges. Oh wow. That... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, if you know, setting aside the Japanese text, um, I can see why you might play this, and if you didn't know any better, you might actually think this was a, like a, a Mario game from uh, Japan that never came to America. Because I mean, it's. It plays a lot like a Mario game. It doesn't have any recognizable Mario characters, but um, you know, if you were a casual observer and didn't know any better, then you might think right. that, yeah. 
Another interesting tidbit about the game is apparently there were two versions released in Japan. The the one that we got on virtual consoles, the Famicom Disk System version. Hmm. Yeah, but but they later re-released it on a cartridge. Um, so it Probably had like the, the gimped version. Yeah, it has one less audio channel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But uh, I don't know why they would do that in Japan. I was always kind of under the impression that once the Famicom Disk came out, every game came out for the Famicom Disk System. Maybe they were kind of preparing it for a U.S. release. I don't know. Because, I mean, oh, there possible. were lots of games that came out on disc in Japan, and then they had to make a cartridge version for America because we didn't have the disc system. Right. But, yeah, you're right. It is kind of strange that they would release a cartridge version later in Japan and not bring it out elsewhere. I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to reach a larger audience in Japan. I mean, the disc okay. system was popular because the games were cheaper. But I'm sure there were people in Japan who didn't have the disc system, and, you know, they still, some companies at least wanted to cater to them as well. Sure. Well, that was the uh, last game. Um, thank you for co-hosting with me this evening. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it was and, a pleasure. Uh, thank you for doing all the work. As always. As always. But, uh, not as, not always. The last time I was on the show, I did all the work. Oh, that's true. Well, like, I didn't do that. I didn't edit the podcast. I did all the preparation. I'll put it that way. All right. Fair enough. I take so, that comment back. Yes. We trade off. We trade off. We take turns. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Hope I know, uh, know we're not being as consistent as usual with Radio Trivia, and there, there are reasons for that. But, um, uh, I mean, I haven't forgotten about you guys, and please do continue to, to send your requests because I do – do appreciate them and often I just don't think of a game that slipped through the cracks that you guys recommend so um, keep it up and uh, keep listening to our fan as well because uh, they aren't Nintendo haters in spite of some forum posts no we are not <laughs> by the way how can how can our listeners uh, recommend songs to you recommend games um, well uh, basically you click on the link that's it's in the, in the story and it'll bring you to an email form that emails to me Okay. There you go. uh, There you go. Read the website. That's how you do it. There you go. All right. Bye, guys. Okay. Bye-bye. Super Mario Land 6 Golden Coins is copyright 1992 Nintendo. Mega Man 3 is copyright 1993 Capcom. Okami is copyright 2006-2008 Capcom. Grand Theft Auto Advance is copyright 2004 Rockstar Games. Bio Miracle Pokute Upa is copyright 1988 Konami.